Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, we're back. Better than ever is debatable on this NFL Monday after a fascinating weekend. We got quarterbacks regressing in a bunch of places, multiple of which disturbed me greatly. We got a double dip on Monday night tonight and everything in between. It's time to do it. Here we go. Here we go. Only one place to start. Zach Wilson looks left, throws left, and it's picked off by Trevon Diggs. And it's another interception for Dallas. Now that's the third interception today thrown by Zach Wilson. Zach went out there and gave it his all today. You know, we got to make it easier on him. So, yeah, you know, that's where we're at. All right, in the words of my people, Oy vey, that was not a pretty picture on the part of the New York football Jets, a domination for the Dallas Cowboys. That's where this conversation will begin, but it's got a lot of other places to go this morning. And I am delighted that two of my favorite people, Damian Woody and Ryan Clark, good enough to hang out after we wrap up, get up today and talk it over with us. And, and guys, you know, we spent the first 20 minutes of get up on that game this morning because it was so interesting from so many different directions. Let, let's start with the good, because yeah. why not? Um, the Cowboys are so much better than I thought they'd be. RC, why did you pick them to win the Super Bowl before the season started? You know, it started with that defense, just having an opportunity to be at that camp, see what level Micah Parsons was playing on, but also everyone around him, what the addition of Stephon Gilmore meant for a guy like Trayvon Diggs on the other side, the depth at the safety position, and how they truly minimize what is their weakest spots on defense, which was the defensive tackle. You go out, you draft Mozzie Smith early, and now with Leighton Van Der Esch, they're really taking him off the field in those passing situations and using the depth that they have in the safety room. And I just think that what they do defensively puts them at the top tier, but what sealed it for me yesterday was Mike McCarthy. And Mike McCarthy, at least based on the way I've felt about him, has been much maligned in the way that he addressed clock management issues, the way that this team played complimentary football, the turnovers offensively. But he took that and said, you know what? That accountability or that responsibility is now on me. And when you watch the efficiency in which this team plays offense now, it's on a different level than it was last year. They're still scoring, but they're so much more safe. They're so much smarter in the way that they approach it. I believe that this team is going to be one of those teams that wins the East and goes deep into the playoffs. So, D, let's talk. Let me talk to you because you are an, an offensive player. Mm-hmm. So the kinds of things that even someone like me, who at the end of the day is really just a fan, can notice is how remarkably quickly mm-hmm. they were getting their offensive play called and how quickly they were getting out of the huddle, which means that practically every snap yesterday, they went to the line of scrimmage with Dak had something like 20 seconds to make up his mind what he wanted to do. Now, there were some sequences where they went quick. They went into a no huddle and they went... Yep. but. By having the play called quickly didn't mean they had to play quickly. I felt like it just opened up so many options for Dak for him to be able to stand there and survey it all. Can you describe as an offensive player the difference that makes? 
Yeah, it, it, you know, what you're describing is tempo, right? You know, tempo. And coaches always, especially in practice, wanna, they always preach, you know, tempo, tempo, getting in and out of the huddle, get in and out of the huddle because it means it means you have more time to survey the defense, see what's going on, make your calls, and you want to be playing fast. That's the thing I noticed about the Dallas Cowboys yesterday is the way they were playing fast offensively. They played with confidence. That's what happens when you're confident, you know what you're doing, you're able to play with that type of speed. The thing I loved about Dallas and particularly uh, on offense and particularly with Dak was he changed the tempo during it, like during drives. One minute they might huddle, then as soon as they run a play, all of a sudden they jumping in and no huddle. Like that wears you down defensively when you're able to do stuff like that, especially a team like the Jets that come at you in waves. Because RC, you know this, sometimes teams like to do substitutions. Well, guess what? You jumping in and out of no huddle, teams can't substitute. The Jets love to rotate their defense linemen. Well, guess what? All those guys, they get gassed, they get blowed, and they're not able to rush the passers well and you saw that take effect against that just defense towards the latter you know the second half of the, the second half of that game yeah it was different it was just the the game plan was perfect for what the Jets like to do going into the game it was how was Dak Prescott going to be prepared for the Jets zone defense because a lot of times he throws his interceptions because people have an opportunity to have vision to break and that's why he struggles against a team like the San Francisco 49ers right. that's a heavy three deep zone team but yesterday I thought that what Mike McCarthy did to keep Jeff Albrecht, the defense coordinator from the New York Jets, guessing to turn the Jets defense into the reactors, not the guys who are forcing the action. That's what you have to do. And you can do that when you have a defense like that to lean on. You can do that when you know making sure this possession ends in a punt. It's so much better than turning it over because we can get a stop, whether it's a short field, but we can definitely affect the game differently deep into our opponent's uh, red zone. And so I just love the, the way that they're playing complimentary football. And for the first time in, 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 in recent years, it's not about all the shiny stuff in Dallas. Right. It's, it's about the efficiency. It's about the, the play calling. It's about the complimentary football. And that's the first time in a while we could talk about this team that way. You know, that was a real for me. The real question coming into the season was what was the Mike McCarthy play calling looks going to look like? Because the last time he called plays was back in 2018. Yeah. yeah, he was bad. You know, that was one of the reasons yep. why he was fired in Green Bay because of the play calling. And to just see that Mike McCarthy recognizes the strength of his team. The strength of his team is the defense, and everything is going to everything is going to be structured around how can we accentuate the defense. Well, the play calling accentuated the defense. They ran about the they ran about forty four times yeah. yesterday. The yeah. the tempo in which they play offense, everything was structured. They didn't mind kicking field goals. I think they kicked five field goals yesterday. You know why you can do that? Because you're stop people. Because <laughs> you, you know you're going to stop people on defense. Yeah. everything is built around that great defense that they have in Dallas. They had forty two minutes and change time of possession. I mean, it just. Hambo, we could look this thing up. If you go back and find teams in NFL history who have lost a game in which they had 42 minutes time of possession, it's going to be very few. Starting Stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone with AutoZone. Meantime, a few other things I want to get into. I'll, I'll deal with the Jets a little bit later. Let me get you guys on some of the other stuff around the league. We did multiple highlights of Justin Fields today, RC, in which we showed him holding on to the football. Yep. We then were able to flip around the angle to show that there were options for him out there that he just didn't see. 
and he wound up making a, a, multiple bad plays and then throws a terrible interception down by his own goal, his own goal line. The big question about Fields has been, is it him or has it been the coaching and the development? I'm starting to worry, if I'm a Bears fan, that at least part of it is him. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely worried about that. Let's think about how many great players we've seen overcome coaching in some sort of way, in some sort of way have this thing or a certain particular characteristic that allows you to outplay bad coaching, allows you to outplay terrible game planning. And I thought last year we saw it with his legs. His legs was the great equalizer that, okay, if I can't find anything open or if I don't have the correct skill players on the outside to create for me, I could do that with my legs. It seems like that's gone away. And he's now become or tried to become this efficient pocket passer, but he doesn't see the field in the way that he should. He doesn't get the football out of his hands quickly. And it got to a point yesterday, every time you had third and long, you knew it would be a sack or an incompletion or a ball thrown before the sticks. There is no continuity to this pass game, but there also isn't any consistency. There isn't anything that you can lean on and say, Justin Fields does this one thing excellent within this offense. And I think that's the bigger problem is they have nothing to lean on if everything they're attempting to do by game plan isn't working, and that's a bad place to be because he's getting worse. Yeah, like you know, I go back to last year when they played the New England Patriots on Monday Night Football, and that was a game actually where they decided that, you know what, we're going to incorporate quarterback design runs. And that's when Justin Fields actually took off last season. We're not seeing that out of the Chicago Bears offensively. We know that he's struggling seeing things down the field, taking taking bad sacks in in these games. They need to somehow, some way, build this thing around his skill set. And and that includes – Listen, we got a dynamic athlete at the quarterback position. We need to continue to do that while we're tri- while we're still trying to figure out if this guy can develop from the neck up at the quarterback position. Greeny and D. Wood and R.C. good enough to hang out here on ESPN Radio for just a couple of more minutes after we wrapped up Get Up Today. Uh, the Giants fall 28-7 behind in Arizona yesterday, which was shocking. They actually went six quarters into this NFL season before they scored a point. But then they come roaring all the way back and they wind up winning. And we'll see what becomes of their season here. But you had some interesting thoughts on uh, Get Up this morning, RC, that we didn't have the time to really dive into. When Saquon Barkley goes down late in that game, I think the same thought went through all of our minds. Uh, The first thing was Saquon was right. This is why Saquon Barkley was fighting for a long-term deal. Mm -hmm. This is why Saquon Barkley was fighting for a certain amount of guaranteed money because he understood that injury was a possibility. And in getting injured again, it's another strike against why I should deserve or why I have earned a long-term contract. My second thought, the New York Giants were right to that the New York Giants knew Saquon Barkley had been injured throughout his career. Mm -hmm. The New York Giants knew there was a possibility he would not play in every game this season. The New York Giants knew that at that position, the possibility of having an injury, especially to this particular player, is higher than in other positions and other players. And so you see this and you go, everybody was right. But that makes you sad. Because there's now another reason Saquon Barkley could be tendered in the offseason this year. And he also doesn't get to show that individual talent that could say to him or say to any other team, I'm warranted the money I'm asking for. You know what, Greeny, is, um, you know, people will look at that game and think 
you know, hey, what's the big deal? It's the, it was the Arizona Cardinals, arguably the worst team in the National Football League. And I will tell you that if your locker room isn't, isn't right, you will lose that game 10 out of 10 times. Yes. Absolutely. If you don't have the yes. right locker room, right culture in the building, the right coach, you will absolutely lose that game every single time. But I, that game, to me, can be something that propels you to something bigger because Brian Dable and that locker room, for them to be able to, to come back from 28-7 against the Arizona Cardinals on the road and come back and get a win speaks volumes about the players that are in that locker room and Brian Dayball as a coach. It wasn't pretty. Daniel Jones actually played a great, you know, played great second half of that, that football game, showing, you know, showcasing his legs and all those things after Saquon Barkley got hurt. But games like that can absolutely propel you to greater things as the season moves forward. Okay, one more thing before I let you guys go, because, you know, I, the problem I have here is I do this show, and we have all of our silly fun on this program, but when I have my limited time with you guys, we never get into the fun stuff. So let's have a little fun. D. Wood came over to watch my house. You, let's, let's start with this. You were, I know you both, both guys, you were raised right. Both of you guys, impeccable manners, impeccable, um, all of that stuff. So D. Wood came over to watch the game at my house on Monday night. Uh-huh. And my wife put together like a nice little party for us. D. Wood texted me the following day saying thank you and Stacy so much for having me over and, and, and all of that. It was, it was a delight. Yesterday at 4.04 p.m., so that's, <laughs> The game is Monday night, so not Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. But late in the day Sunday, I get a text from Bubba that says, Greeny and Stacy, just wanted to say thanks again for hosting me for Monday Night Football. The game wasn't what we wanted it to be, but I had a lot of fun hanging out with everyone, and getting a chance to go to the seaport was really cool. I appreciate all the food and drinks you guys provided. Thanks again. So... It took him six days <laughs> to text us. It's not like he ordered us a fruit basket, <laughs> went out and bought a gift, something, none of which was necessary. A text the following day was exactly what the appropriate response. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. RC, what do we say about a man that it took six days to send a text? You know, you know sometimes people get busy. You know, and, and maybe in and being you met busy, Bubba? and maybe in being busy, he didn't have an opportunity to text you, Greeny. But Greeny, the thing is this: it's not about when you text; mm-hmm. it's that you text, mm. right? Because thank because you. there are some people who wouldn't text you at all. Mm-hmm. There are some people that will say thank you as they walk out the door and, and be like it. ESPN Greeny, not just Mike Greenberg. I know what your pockets look like. Yeah. It actually <laughs> was not hard for you to get this food over here, right. and I also know you did none of it. Stacy did it all, right? You you're just here in your in your uh, green, white and green Jets jersey. To be clear, I don't know if you're aware of this. He slept in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Bubba slept over. D. Wood and I left earlier. Yeah. We left him sleeping <laughs> in my house. Yeah. That's 100% true. <laughs> right? Yo, absolutely. Like, he was like, he was really comfortable in Greeny Hawkins. He like, was. All this, this palatial, this a palatial estate over here. It was I nice. want to be real comfortable over here. It took real him six days to text me. Greeny, but did he say thank you in the moment? You don't know if before he left the house, he looked at Miss Stacy and said, you know what? This was beautiful. Thank you guys for having me. He for probably me. did say thank you. See you what I'm but, but you know, it, it turned into one big therapy session that night. Okay. Yeah. So Greeny was kind of in his feelings. Got so you. it, it might have like went over his head that yeah. Bubba actually said thank we you. We were comatose at the time. Yeah, that yeah. That, <laughs> I mean, D. Wood and I were sitting on the, on the couch just like with our heads down. And then we won the, whatever. Anyway, Way the to go, Bubba. Is, at least you sit the text, Bubba. Yeah. I am on your side. 
side. Thank you. Sometimes life gets busy. Exactly. I, I don't know. I, I, later in the, in the show, we're going to debate the following question. Is it better not to have sent a text at all than to wait six days to send a text? You know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It depends on who you're sending the text to. Mm -hmm. There are some humans who would just be like, man, it's really cool that you reach back out. And then there are petty humans like you, Greeny, who really say, if you're going to wait six days, just don't send it. And I just won't pay attention to the fact that it's not sent. The moment I received the text, I just forwarded immediately to the radio chat group. And I said, put this in the rundown tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) guys you're the best i love you thank, thank you, you for yeah, being man. there rc <laughs> daywood will come back with my takes in a moment it's greeny on espn radio passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. Greenies takes. All right, it was a fascinating, fascinating Sunday of pro football yesterday, and I've got the assembled members of the hashtag crew assembled around me. Hembo is here. Bubba and Cam are in Bristol. And here are my top five takeaways from yesterday. Number five. The Dolphins are absolutely Super Bowl contenders. That's do, do not underestimate that win yesterday. They dominated a New England team on the road last night in a spot where New England was desperate. I don't think that's a win to sneeze at. I'm not suggesting the Patriots are a great team, but they're not terrible. Tua's really good. They find different ways to do it. Bill decided, I'm just taking Tyreek Hill out of this game. I don't care what you do. And so they found other answers. That coach is terrific. Tua, I'll continue to say it. If Tua is healthy, A, he's an MVP candidate, and B, the Dolphins 
absolutely could wind up in the Super Bowl. Yeah, you always hear NFL analysts use the word multiple to describe the best offenses in football. And yesterday, without Tyreek Hill being Tyreek Hill, Raheem Mostert ran for 120 yards against a Bill Belichick defense. That's really rare. Also, two has been sacked once the entire season, and they've not even had their starting left tackle. Like, they're getting the protection right. The run game is, is improved. Mike McDaniel really, really gets it. I, I think I've underest- uh, underestimated him and that team to a large degree. They're going to be really good all year long. Number four. My takes. The Jaguars were just not ready for prime time. Look, I get that Chris Jones is a terrific player. But he's not Joe Green. They got shut down by a Kansas City defense that is not a shutdown defense. The Jaguars at home with a chance to make a significant statement that Trevor Lawrence is here and we are here and we are going to be a team to be reckoned with in the AFC this year. I'm not I'm not writing them off or penciling them out or anything like that. But that I thought that was a big game, and for the Jaguars to lose the way they did and basically do nothing offensively, I thought that was a big disappointment. They had chances. So on three red zone trips, they only managed six points on those three drives, and Trevor Lawrence didn't complete a single pass there. Lawrence went 0 for 7 in the red zone. Chris Jones, like you said, showed up right away in high leverage moments. No, the Jaguars are not ready for primetime, but yes. Chris Jones is a monster, and that Chiefs defense is a lot better than I thought it would be. Calvin Ridley, just as an aside, is so good. He is every bit as good as we thought he might be, right? Oh, yeah. He he is already a one. And by the end of the season, that Lawrence to Ridley connection is going to be one of the very best in the whole league. Ten catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown, and he was about a half an inch from catching a touchdown that might have tied the game late. Number three. Number three on my list of my top five takes. Why were the Giants down 28-7 in the first place? Like I, I know, and look, my, my daughter's boyfriend, his name is Jake, he is a crazy Giant fan. So while the game is going on, I'm texting back and forth with him because he's watching the Giant game, I'm watching the Jet game. They were on at basically the same time. And we're texting back and forth our respective thoughts. And I, at halftime of that game, I mean, I can't even read you the stuff he was texting me <laughs> because he's a respectable young man who wants to someday go on to a, a high-leverage career, high-powered career in finance. And I'm telling you right now, I could get him fired <laughs> with the stuff he is texting about his own team. I mean, they went six quarters without scoring. And so, yes, they, they've come storming back against the worst team in the league, and that's all great. And D. Wood is talking about how it might galvanize their locker room. Maybe it will. And Daniel Jones made some plays. And I hate seeing Saquon get hurt. They're going to get obliterated Thursday night at home against, I mean, excuse me, at San Francisco. But that's okay. Winning this game at least banks you a chance to still get, you know, come back, have your mini buy, get it, you know, and then get your season going back again. But the only, the overriding thought I had is not that they came back and won, but why the hell are they down 28-7 to Arizona in the first place? I understand why coaches and former players talk about this comeback as being this galvanizing opportunity for the team, but... I definitely don't see it that way. They were outscored 60 to nothing to start their season. They were outscored 98 to 7 dating to their last game of last season. Like the Giants had no clue how to move the football. And on the other side, Wink Martindale is not going to survive the season. He's their defensive coordinator. If they keep playing like this, the Giants defense still doesn't have a sack this season. They played the Cardinals yesterday, who are aggressively not trying to win games, yeah. as we saw in the second half. So, like to me, that's the that's the unit that I'd be even more worried about. Daniel Jones played okay. That defense looked wretched. Greeny with you, our top five takes from yesterday in the NFL. Number two. Why did Sean McVay and the Rams kick that field goal as time expired? Look, I asked Rex today, does the coach on the sideline know the point spread? 
And he said to me, absolutely not. I never knew what it was. And I want to make very clear that I'm not saying Sean McVay did it for this reason. But that is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen at the end of a football game. For any of you who didn't see it, the 49ers are beating the Rams by 10 points. The game is over. The Rams are going downfield. They're running out of time. They have no timeouts. I believe there were four seconds left. They have time for one more play. They're down two scores. They have no chance to win. That game opened at eight and a half. The spreads that we were working off all last week were eight and a half. They were Wednesday's number. From what I have been able to see, that number may have moved to seven and a half before kickoff. But one way or another, that's a 10-point game. And as time expires, the losing coach kicks a field goal to make it a seven-point game. To his everlasting credit, our old buddy Mark Sanchez says, boy, that's a bad beat on TV. And the, you could just tell they were they didn't know what to say because they don't want to say what everyone else is thinking, which is, what the hell did he just do that for? The only impact that it had was on the spread. If you don't want to run a play that might get someone hurt, then just kneel or something. But one way or another, that was a, I don't really know what I want to say about it. It's the kind of thing that when you see it, you're like, what the hell just happened? What was your reaction? I'm going to ex- I'm going to try and defend Sean McVay. So here's what I've done. I'm not even attacking Sean McVay. I'm just asking what happened. I'm going to try and explain it. So I looked up today the NFL's tie-breaking procedures. And there are 11 of those. Like, you go in order if the, at the end of the season if you need to break a tie. Tiebreaker number eight is best net points in conference games. And tiebreaker number nine is best net points in all games. So in some uh, alternate universe, someday, if the Rams need those three points for some obscure tie-breaking purpose, that's where they got them. In a movie, that would happen. The reality is they're going to be 5-12. and 12. <laughs> But, but in, a, in, in, in a movie, that would happen. No, they've actually been better to start this season than anyone thought they'd be. They beat Seattle last week. They were in that game most of the day yesterday against the 49ers in what was absolutely a 49er home game. Did you hear the crowd in that game? It was, if you just closed your eyes and did not see where the scores were, you would never have believed that that was a Rams home game. But either way, it's just a weird, weird set of You're not buying my tie-breaking argument. You're not buying it. No, I'm not. I mean, it's fascinating, but no, am I buying that's the reason that he was actually thinking? Look, I don't know what he was thinking. Was he asked? Bubba, anyone? Like, I had the get-up crew look into this this morning. We couldn't find anything. Did anyone ask him why he kicked that? If you can find it, please let me know. I've not heard an explanation from Sean McVay on his thinking. And I'm dying to know. So I can see Bubba in his DAC jersey, and I can see Cam... You guys, you'll let me know. Yeah, we're you, looking. I'm, I'm not aware. Yeah, I, I can, yeah. I, my, my point is I can see that you're looking. I've not seen anything. I, I asked the get-up crew to look. This, I assumed someone would ask him he's after gonna the say, game. He's going to say, it's tiebreakers 8 and 9, friends. That's what he's going to say. <laughs> look, maybe, Just you watch. Look, I, I, I guess it's as good a thing as you could do as anything else, but it just was a – that's a bizarre way for a game to end. All right, number one. Number one. I think the Cowboys are the best team in the league, um, and – I don't want to fall into the trap that every year I tell myself I won't fall into, which is to overreact to things that happen in September. Because almost every year, the things that happen in September prove not to be the same as the things that happen after Thanksgiving. On some level, the football season starts at Thanksgiving. That 
what happens before then is everyone jockeying for position and the old adage they have at the Masters, you can't win the Masters on Thursday, but you can lose it. That's what really matters. From September until Thanksgiving, you just have to keep yourself in the party. And then it's the teams that play great starting in December that wind up separating themselves. So I have no idea where the Cowboys will be then. But what they did to the Jets' defense yesterday, despite all of the circumstances that were working against the Jets, and I'm here to defend the Jets on some levels, that was an incredibly impressive show. And Tony Romo did a magnificent job, I thought, right off the bat, right as on their first offensive possession, which was the first possession of the game. He said on television, watch how quickly he told you what to look for. Watch how quickly they're going to get to play in from the sideline. Watch how quickly they can come out of the huddle and watch how that affects Dak's ability to read the field and whatever else it does. And it was incredibly noticeable. And I think it's, they look like a finely tuned machine. I got to give Mike McCarthy all the credit in the world. The much maligned Mike McCarthy, whose head coaching stuff still you question historically, all the clock management, all that stuff. But the play calling stuff yesterday was an absolute work of art. That, that, that was a, a sight to behold. And it was about as good as you could do it. And right now they look like the best team in the league. Let me bring in our Cowboy fan, Bubba, whose tardiness on thank you texts has been documented this morning, and we will get back to that. But, Bubba, your thoughts on that, because that was that operation looked so good yesterday, and I thought it was a major factor in the game. Yeah, um, by the way, I'm six minutes in of seven-plus of McVeigh, and I don't think they asked him. I'll have a full answer after I talk here, but I don't, okay. think, I don't think they asked him, which is, is almost more strange in a way. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to go as far as you with they're the best team in the league because I've been down this road before. But I'll just say I'm very happy with how things are progressing right now. Um, I mean, Ryan Clark said it earlier, and I'll probably play this out later. But McCarthy deserves a ton of credit for the play calling. I mean, Dak starting off 13 for 13 was great. CD was great. I loved how they're mixing up the the run game, and obviously, you know, the defense continues to be unbelievable. But I will also say, you know, first game against the Giants, I don't even know what that team is yet. And then the Jets, obviously, their defense, while great, they didn't have Aaron Rodgers. So next two games, we've got Arizona and New England. The big game is going to be the Sunday night game against the 49ers. So let's see what happens there. That'll be a true test to kind of see what the Cowboys are. But I can't be any more happy with how they've been through two games. By the way, Hembo, because he is this way, when I said almost jokingly, could you look up what team's record is when they have the ball for 42 or more minutes? actually was able to do it. The Cowboys had over 42 minutes time of possession yesterday. In the last 40 years, what's the team's record when they have 42 minutes of possession time? 55-2. and two. So there you have it. So look, I am really, really torn on how to handle this because I am two things at the same time. I am a professional talk show host. This is my job. And my job is to tell you what I believe to be the truth. And then I'm a fan of the team. And so I told you last week, what I believe the fans of the team need to do is build up Zach Wilson's confidence as best they can. If and when this weekend, when they play New England at home, things go bad, he throws a bad pick, do not boo him off the field. That kid's confidence is obviously hanging by a thread if he has any. He needs to be built up to have any chance to succeed. 
That's the fan in me. But I cannot sit here and just say that on this show. Why would you listen to this show if I'm just going to be a fan on the air? I have to tell you what I believe to be the truth. And the truth is, he can't play. He's not an NFL quarterback. He wasn't the problem yesterday, except that he was. Why do the Jets not run the ball? Why couldn't they run the ball? Because the Cowboys would give anything for him to throw the ball. The Cowboys were setting this thing up in every single way, begging Zach to throw the ball. Zach Wilson looks scared. The Jets look scared of letting him do anything. Now, I thought the Jets' game plan yesterday was horrendous. Horrendous. Where were the two tight ends on the field? Where were the three tight ends on the field? Where was all the help on Micah Parsons? All the things they didn't do yesterday we could list forever. And you could criticize Robert Sala for them. You could criticize Nathaniel Hackett for them. And you would be right. But at the end of the day, there is only one thing to say. And that is, if Zach Wilson is this team's quarterback, they have no chance. None. They are exactly what they were a year ago. They're a little more talented. Maybe they win another game or two. But they absolutely cannot win with a quarterback that everyone knows can't get it done, including themselves. Every time he completes a pass, it's like a miracle. It's like when you're watching your kid play. Hembo, you will eventually have this experience. Your daughters will go out there and they will play a sport. And, and let's say they're not very good at it. Or even if they wind up being good at it. But when they first start, no one ever makes anything. When they make a basket, like when the little four-year-olds are playing basketball and a shot actually goes in, everyone is like, oh my God, it went in. Did you see that? The ball went in. Every time Zach Wilson makes a positive play, that's the reaction you have. You can't live like this. They have to to do something. They're too good. They're too good everywhere else. They need a game manager. They just need a professional quarterback, an NFL quarterback. It could be anyone, anyone who can play. Kirk Cousins would be the dream scenario. We talked about it on Friday. But I'll take anything. But the God's honest truth, unfortunately, my opinion is they will absolutely not do anything. I I would give anything to be wrong please Zach prove me wrong I will apologize on bended knee but in my opinion they can't do anything if he is their quarterback you're a hundred percent right but you don't have the luxury of changing your reality right now you have to live in the reality that you are in and given the fact that through two weeks you have the worst pass blocking offensive line in the whole league There is absolutely zero reason for the Jets to have game planned and then executed this way. In what world that the offense runs 46 plays, does Brees Hall have four touches? Does Garrett Wilson have two catches? Like, there are some things that you can explain away. Our quarterback isn't good. Our offensive line is not good. The Cowboys are great. Yada, yada, yada. But that's what the whole point of coaching is. Like, sure, Aaron Rodgers would have made you effectively coach-proof. But come on, Salah. Come on, Hackett. This is the world in which you are living. At minimum... You maximize your chances, and the Jets did not do that yesterday. Oh, I totally agree. Uh, There was a lot of criticism. I'm willing to give everyone a pass because I think this past week was devastating. I I think that the impact of what happened on Monday night cannot be overstated to everyone's psyche, to everything. They come back, they play New England, and as I said on Twitter yesterday, we'll find out in that game if they're going to have a season or not. 
This is Greeny. If you miss any of our show, a reminder, you can catch up on both hours in the Greeny podcast. It's available daily wherever you get your podcast. It's called Hashtag Greeny. You can also watch the program on the ESPN app. Just click on watch, look for Hashtag Greeny, and enjoy. Much more all, just stay with us. We got so much to get to. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. For protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. Hang out with us on social media. I'm at ESPN Greeny on Twitter, now known as X. I'm at ESPN Greeny on Instagram. And I'm at ESPN Greeny on Threads. The whole crew is together. So we talked about a couple of the games here. Let's dive into one more. We talked a little bit about Justin Fields at the beginning of the program today, and I want to bring that back because, to me, look, sometimes if there's one thing that I'd like to think separates me from some of the other people who do this job is that I'm the first to tell you when I'm wrong. And I'm starting to get very worried that I'm wrong about Justin Fields. I did an essay over the summer that took a bunch of statistics and the eye test and the circumstances And I added two and two together, and I came up with Justin Fields is going to break out and become a star this year. And I'm starting to become very worried that when I added two and two, I came up with five. Now, I'm not giving up, but I do think that so far what we have seen has been a step backward and cause for enormous concern. For those of you who don't know me, I lived for 11 years in Chicago. I started my career covering the Bears I met and married my wife there, so we are a, a Bears family. We, we root for, as, as the kids have always said, we root for the Jets and we root for Mommy's team, which is the Bears. So I, I, I follow that team about as closely as he can. And this has been a disaster. He has been a disaster. And what hurts me most to admit 
is that, Hembo, you may be right. It kills me when you're right because you're smug when you're wrong. When you're right, you're just excruciating. Insufferable. But I'm starting to think you're right. Yeah, J- Justin Fields can't play the quarterback position in the NFL. I really enjoyed that piece that you did, whatever it was, a month or two ago, because when you use information like that to tell a story, like that's, that's the, you know, the sort of genius of this because we're backing it with statistics. The thing is, the reason or the biggest reason why Justin Fields was so incredibly good in the second half of last season is because they maximized his running. He had 949 yards rushing across the last 10 games of last season. Do you know how many rushing yards he had yesterday? I think four. Three. Three, He yeah. had three yards on four carries. Right now, the Bears' best play is the Justin Fields run. They're not doing it at all. They're effectively majoring in the drop-back passing game, which is why the offense has absolutely no chance to succeed. Yeah. Is that the Rex soundbite that I have here? Rex at some point said, if I'm the defensive coordinator and that's what they're running, I have a different one. But Rex said, yes, on TV this with us this morning, if I'm the opposing coach and I see the drop-back style the Bears are running with Justin Fields, I'm literally just saying thank you. You are coaching away from what makes him strong. You are coaching away from his best thing. They obviously want to see him make a, take another step in what they want him to do. And maybe he just can't. And I, I, it kills me to say this because it makes me so wrong. But if that's the case, because their defense stinks, they're just a bad football team. If that's what's going to happen, they're going to be a bad football team, and they're going to be in the quarterback market again in the draft next year. Can I give you some numbers? Yeah. Please. So Justin Fields has taken 10 sacks this season. Or of those 10 sacks, nine of them have taken at least four seconds to develop. Four seconds. The average NFL pass is thrown in two and a half seconds. That's how slow he's processing. Since he entered the league, Greeny, he has taken... 79 of those sacks, again, four plus seconds, those are called extended dropbacks, 16 more than any quarterback in the NFL. On balance, sacks are a quarterback stat and pressures are a stat shared blame from the quarterback and the offensive line. What I'm telling you right now is that all these negative plays that Justin Fields is taking, the indecision, the lack of processing, and those plays resulting in a sack, those are on him. And it's becoming more clear and obvious when watching the film. He's obviously a brilliant athlete, and he has lots of fans in this industry. People that do what we do for a living have loved the guy. But you're reaching a point now where it's not so easy to to defend his play. The interception he threw towards the end of that game yesterday is genuinely one of the worst plays I've ever seen in my life. Me too. It was impossible to believe. Like when it actually happened, I, I was that can't really have just happened, right? He didn't just throw that. The third-year NFL quarterback. He didn't just flip the ball straight up in the air on his own goal line and let a defensive tackle run it back two yards for a touchdown, all right? That, that, no. Of all the things that could have happened, that's not one of them, right? He's been outplayed by Zach Wilson this season. I mean, he's genuinely just – like you can't play Justin Fields right now. They will continue to play him. But the, well, you can play him, but they got to let him run. I mean, you got to you, you have to do what he was doing last year. The Eagles had this exact same problem at the beginning of the 2021 season. They were asking Jalen Hurts to play drop back quarterback, and halfway through the season, they just ditched the game plan, let him run like crazy, and they made this sort of uh, improbable run to the playoffs. I when I'm watching the Bears play, it's not obvious to me that they have any idea what they're doing. So here's what I want to ask you. Let's make this an interesting little question here. In fact, let's make this the question of the day. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. Let me get Bubba and Cam in on it as well. The first draft I ever hosted for ESPN, which is one of the great thrills of my life and career, I will always remember those players so vividly because and so intimately because I studied them so much. 
Five of them in the first round were quarterbacks, and in this order they were drafted. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. We are now in the midst of the third season, the all-important third season for a rookie quarterback because the team makes a decision on whether or not to pick up your fifth-year option. Of those five, let's predict how many of them are going to have their fifth-year options picked up. I won't even ask you about Trevor Lawrence. That's obviously yes. Is Zach Wilson going to have his fifth-year picked up? Hembo. Uh, He is not. Bubba. No. Cam. I would say no. I agree. Trey Lance has already been traded. Can they still pick up his? I don't even know the rule on that. Does he still have a fifth-year option? No, if he's not, not after, on the same not team after anymore? a trade. So he doesn't even apply, but that's even worse. Even worse. The team has literally given up on him. Is Justin Fields going to have his fifth-year option picked up? No. I mean, unless he really flips the script midseason, unless the coaching staff really flips the script midseason, Justin Fields might not be the Bears quarterback next year. That's how bad this is going right now in Chicago. Bubba, will they pick up his fifth-year option? Prediction. Yes. You say yes. Wow. Yeah. Cam. I'll say yes. Mm, interesting. Oof. What do you think? I think it's trending towards no. I think it's at minimum trending towards we're going to give you a prove-it season in year four, and like, the, the, like the Giants did with Daniel Jones, and, and not lock themselves into it. Just finally, very quickly, Mac Jones? I think he will. I think that's an interesting question mark, too. I, I don't know that I, I think he will. Bubba, yes or no on Mac Jones? Yes. Cam. Yes. I don't think it's a lock. It's not a lock. a lock. He's playing better with Bill O'Brien. It's definitely not, not a lock. He's played better. He looks pretty good with Bill O'Brien right now. He looks okay. Last night, not so good. Uh, Interesting scenario. Anyway, that could wind up being a quarterback draft we talk about for a very long time for all the wrong reasons. We are just getting this train rolling. Much more to come in a huge hour that is still on the way. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. For listening to Greeny the podcast, you can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the watch tab on the ESPN app. Also, catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.